Listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke, your daily Broncos podcast. Daniel Jeremiah has the Broncos taking a premier cornerback in his latest mock draft. Von Miller and the Broncos have yet to speak regarding his club option, and we discuss the top three passes of the 2020 NFL season. All in today's episode, Locked On Broncos, your daily. Denver Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown NFL Network, your team every day from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Work, senior NFL analyst at ProFootballNetwork.com and Denver Broncos insider for the Lockdown NFL Network. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Cody Work NFL. You can follow the podcast at Lockdown Broncos. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast provider, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or our good friends over there at Spotify. But that's what we're going to be talking about. Here on today's episode of the show, just a reminder, folks, we've had an awesome week here on the show. If you have yet to hear the interview that we did with Ian Rappaport, that is on Monday's show. Make sure you guys go back on that. Tuesday's show, we had Broncos outside linebacker Malik Reed join the podcast. And here very soon, we got some more Broncos players coming out of the podcast. We're going to have Calvin Anderson, Broncos offensive tackle, who is working his way into potentially a future role with the team. Plus, some big names in the near future here, folks, all on Lockdown Broncos. With that said, let's get into our discussion here on today's episode of the show. Hope you guys are doing well on this beautiful Thursday all across Broncos country, whether it's in the morning, the afternoon, or the evening. Glad you could be joining us for another episode of the show, folks. But jumping into our topic of discussion here to start off today's episode of the show, we have the NFL draft coming up here in just a couple of months. April 29th is supposed to happen. Free agency is going to come up on March 17th, and Denver could address several positions, but Daniel Jeremiah at Move the Sticks, you guys know him, he does phenomenal coverage of the NFL draft at the NFL Network. Uh, He put out in his latest mock draft, here's the Denver Broncos taking a premier cornerback in this year's NFL draft. We had mock draft Monday. We had several Broncos fans who took Patrick Sertain out of Alabama, but uh, that's not the guy that uh, Daniel Jeremiah went with. He went with Caleb Farley out of Virginia Tech. He has the Broncos selecting him at pick number nine. And Steve Atwater is on Broncos Country tonight a couple evenings ago, and he actually did a background interview with Caleb Farley, some family members, really learning about his situation, why he decided to opt out of the 2020 college football season. And he believes that he's the best cornerback in this year's NFL draft. And Daniel Jeremiah shares the same sentiment. Jeremiah calls Farley the best cornerback in this year's draft and the fifth best player overall in this year's draft. Obviously, there were some injury concerns surrounding Caleb Farley. Uh, obviously, he had torn ACL, some injury history there that, you know, I think a lot of people have some question mark coming to it, you know, into 2021. And then, obviously, not playing in 2020, not having the tape out there, but his ball skills are incredible. And some of the things that Daniel Jeremiah had to say about him, you know, it kind of stands out a little bit too when I go back and I watch the film. I, I've got my hands on a couple of games from Virginia Tech from when Farley was playing. And the thing that stands out to me is his ability to recognize plays quickly. He's very cerebral. So, so in my head, instantly I'm thinking, okay, great Vic Fangio fit. But he's also very rangy. He's got the speed to be on top of, I, th- I think, any kind of vertical route, any kind of crossing pattern. I think the Broncos can run some man-to-man with him. He's a phenomenal athlete, by the way. And and I wish that there were you know, an NFL combine this year because I think that he would do a really good job here. Uh, but the, you know, the thing that Jeremiah had said, too, out of his rankings, he's the fifth best player over on the draft. He says in his analysis, he shows exceptional bursts when he does drive on the football. The redshirt junior has plenty of speed to carry on the top of vertical routes he can find and play the ball downfield he's aggressive to feel versus the run and that's one of the key ingredients folks that Vic Fangio wants his quarterbacks to have 
you got to come up and you got to be able to tackle. And in his tape, he does that. So because he's very aggressive with that, that's obviously a good nature. It says, but he will fall off a few tackles. So I think overall, working on that technique, working that near hip, because in the NFL they do train that a lot, near hip, being able to take uh, you know the, the nearest hip of the opposing guy, whether it's a receiver, whether it's a running back who has the ball, and attacking that and then wrapping up securing. And, and look, here's the thing. If you're going to be going against some bigger guys and if you can't bring the guy down in one-on-one, you wrap up and you hold on and you allow the defense to flow there. But Caleb Farley, uh, right here he says, overall has all of the ingredients to be a number one cornerback at the next level. And cornerback is really a big issue for Denver. And he, even with A.J. Bouye last year, the Broncos' depth, when those guys were hurt, I mean, the Atlanta Falcons game, I think, really revealed a lot about where the Broncos were defensively with their depth at cornerback because A.J. Bouye was a scratch, and then you had Bryce Callahan was a late-game scratch, and then they had to go into the game with Michael Ojemudia and Devontae Harris. And Devontae Harris didn't get those reps as the starting cornerback all week long. And then you have to go against, uh, you know, Zacchaeus Moss, and you have to go against Julio. Leo Jones, you're not quite ready for that. And it was a rough game for Devontae Harris, who I absolutely, you know, I'm a big fan of Devontae. I talk with him regularly and very happy for him down there in Baltimore. They re-signed him for the 2021 NFL season. He stepped up in a big way for them when COVID impacted uh, the locker room and then they had to you know, play the Pittsburgh Steelers. He did a really good job against some of their top talent down there. So obviously very happy for uh, Devontae Harris. We're going to give away some Broncos gear as well. Uh, he, he orchestrated that with me. So we're going to partner to kind of do something to get back to the fans here. But uh, definitely despite that, with Bryce Callahan's injury history, Michael Ojemudia being a second-year player, uh, I still think the Broncos have to go out there and get a cornerback in free agency, a veteran guy, whether it be Patrick Peterson, whether it be some of the options that we listed in last Friday's episode of the show with Sarah Bettinger of Predominantly Orange, projecting some of the cornerbacks there. Uh, Cheeto Bayouzie would be a great fit, obviously a local guy too out of CU. Maybe keep an eye on that. Akello Witherspoon could be another option for Denver to pursue. But they're going to be really smart with how they do it. They're not going to go break the bank in free agency, but they're going to go get a veteran guy, I believe. And then they're going to draft a young guy. And look, I think Farley, if he could learn under a guy like Patrick Peterson, if that were the case, that would be a great scenario here, I think, for the Broncos. I think for all parties involved. I really do believe that. So, obviously, Daniel Jeremiah uh, you know, has a lot of great knowledge in terms of scouting players, being able to look at what they're good at, their strengths, their weaknesses, and kind of breaking it down as to what makes sense. And a lot of people are saying that Caleb Farley is actually a better fit for the Broncos than Patrick Sertain. And look, I think, it, in, in my personal opinion, I think it's subjective. I think it depends on what you're looking at. Caleb Farley, in my opinion, I think is the better athlete overall. Uh, and I think Patrick Sertain has a lot of those intangible that where if he's a smart cerebral guy he's got the physical tools I think to really excel in Vic's defense uh, you know a lot of people question the speed though and Caleb Farley does have the speed so when you're weighing the two options I think Denver would be in good hands if they had Caleb Farley or Patrick Sertain but that's just my opinion folks we're gonna do some film study also coming out here on the YouTube channel very shortly on these players can't wait to release that for you guys as well but Broncos country coming up here in just a moment we're gonna get into a conversation Von Miller and the Broncos have yet to talk there was some speculation out there that the Broncos would likely decline his club option we're going to talk about the reality of the situation we're going to give our thoughts a little bit more coming up here in just a moment but before we do that folks i got to tell you guys about the sponsor of today's episode lockdown broncos that's our good friends over there at rockauto.com and with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models it is now impossible to stock all the parts that you need in a traditional chain storefront why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts in his computer choosing the only brand that his warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. 
And rockauto.com is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. So go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and you can choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. They have everything from engine control modules, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. And whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, you get everything that you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, Lockdown Broncos in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So that they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. rockauto.com I feel like all week long on the Twitter timeline, it's been wild, folks. It's been absolutely wild in terms of some of the things that you see get out there that are reported. Uh, you know, a lot of speculation is the Broncos were involved in, you know, trade talks last week. That was not true. We obviously talked about that on yesterday's episode of the show. But uh, Dan Graziano had mentioned that he believes that the Broncos likely do not pick up the club option on Von Miller, kind of creating some speculation that was out there. And if you guys listened to the podcast earlier, Monday's episode, of Locked On Broncos. Uh, Ian Rappaport had joined me, and he even talked about one of the things that the Broncos had to do this offseason, obviously figuring out quarterback is one, but one of the other obstacles that they have to tackle is what they're going to do with Von Miller's club option. He mentioned that on the Broncos side of things, that they want him back. On Von Miller's side of things, he wants to be back. And if you look at his social media too, he's changed some of the captions on some of his photos. I haven't even looked, but this is what people have shared. I'm not crazy enough to go out and look for stuff like that, but uh, people have said that he's changed his captions on some of his photos, some Broncos photos as for life, right? So he wants to stay in Denver. I've talked about it 100,000 times here in the podcast. I really do believe that for Von Miller right now, at this point of his career, losing 2020 due to the injury, I really do believe that legacy is more important to him. And that's something that he mentioned to in the offseason before he even got injured. He mentioned that he, he wants to dial back a little bit of, you know, kind of being that free and loose Vaughn that people saw. He wanted to be more focused. And this, you know, obviously something that inspired him after a Kobe Bryant's tragic passing was something that he really reflected on. It's not about the money anymore to Von Miller. Von Miller is set up with endorsement deals. He's got a lot of money. Uh, money's not really an issue for him. But... He mentioned a lot about his legacy. He believes that his legacy is something that he really, you know, it means something to him at this point, which absolutely, at this point of his career, I mean, last year was going to be year 10 in terms of an accrued season. Uh, For him, he's been in the league for quite some time now. And overall, for Vaughn, he wants to decide, he wants to figure out, how can I end my career where it all started, right? Denver. And you, you look at Vaughn Miller, you look at where he's been, rookie season, overcame some of those legal issues, some of the substance issues early on in his career, really matured right around when DeMarcus Ware came into the fold for Denver. He became somebody that he really needed. And now Vaughn has taken on that role where these other guys like Malik Reed, Derek Tuska, I mean, they take on a role where they want to learn from Vaughn Miller in that locker room. Bradley Chubb, same thing with him. They want, you know, he wants to learn from Vaughn Miller. To Vaughn, that's a lot more important right now than money. So I do believe that the Broncos and Vaughn will figure something out. And and because of this report that came out and it created a lot of speculation, Benjamin Albright had put out, he said, just confirm this with the team. No decision has been made on Vaughn Miller's option. Nobody has contacted Vaughn's representatives or Vaughn with any decision because no decision has been made by the organization. And really for the Broncos, they would reach out. And more than likely, this happens sort of around the deadline. This is kind of a trend altogether with some of these club options is that teams usually wait till the deadline to make that decision. So obviously for the Broncos, they have Kareem Jackson, they have Vaughn Miller. 
those decisions are coming up for them. So I'm not necessarily too worried about that. I, I have a hunch. I'd probably say about 97.3% sure for me. I really do believe that Von Miller will be back in Denver in 2021. Regardless of the investigation with Parker Police Department, I think that Vaughn's going to be back. I don't believe uh, anything's going to come from the investigation, you know, especially with the support coming out from uh, his ex. I don't know what the situation is there. I'm not even going to get into that conversation or speculate, but she even put out that there was nothing that uh, people should be concerned about in that. Obviously, outside of the text messages we saw, there was no physical harm in any of those instances that they had with one another. Uh, but obviously, I, I've spoke too much on that, at, you know, enough as is. So with that said, I, I think that Broncos fans, too, the common consensus is they want him back, but they don't want him back at $18 million per year or $22 million per year. Obviously, there's that bonus there. Uh, I think Denver's going to make a decision. I think that they're going to restructure his contract, come up with some sort of extension, restructure it to where they spread money out through maybe two or three seasons, and he remains as a Bronco for life. He'll end up retiring as a Denver Bronco. I really do believe that's going to be the case for Denver. But now, Broncos country, let's shift our focus to a fun topic here on today's episode of the show, our top three passing plays of 2020. This was hard because I had my selections. I think a lot of Broncos fans, they also had their selections as well. And the one thing that stood out to me, uh, it's really hard because we have to factor in. Do we talk about touchdowns? Usually touchdowns probably get more consideration, top three passing touchdowns. But passing plays could be one of the greatest throws that you've seen so far this season. I think for Kansas City Chiefs fans, it would be the Patrick Mahomes uh, toss in the Super Bowl that he had while kind of being in a Superman pose. That made the NFL top 100 plays, even though it wasn't even a play. What he did, the the effort there was admirable, but the fact that it made the top plays, in my opinion, is an absolute joke when you talk about top plays altogether. So getting into our conversation here with Broncos fans, I asked them on Twitter because I felt like it was really hard to just boil down to my preference. I'll give my preference overall for Denver. The first play, the top play, in my opinion, top passing play by the Broncos in 2020, the first one's going to be the Drew Locke throw to Deshaun Hamilton for a touchdown in the comeback against the Chargers. To me, I felt like that was a great throw by him, stepping up in the pocket and really just dissecting that cover three. He threw it. The window was perfect. The trajectory right over the inside backers was great. That was one of the top plays for me. The second's going to be Jerry Judy's 92-yard touchdown catch and run. Similar situation, third and long. And look, there's other ones too. I, it's hard because then I think about the Jerry Judy touchdown against the New York Jets on Thursday Night Football where he mossed Pierre Desir. That's definitely up there. But I also think Brett Rippon's touchdown throw to Tim Patrick in that game was a damn good throw. So when you talk about top three passes, I think it really boils down to those. So uh, the, the, my, my third and final one. It would have to be Drew Locke's goal line fade to Tim Patrick against Kansas City on Sunday Night Football. That was a beautiful throw. The perfect ball placement high to the outside, only where Tim Patrick can get it. He two taps it in, and the Broncos score there. So that would be my three right there. It would be the Deshaun Hamilton touchdown versus the Chargers. It would be the Jerry Judy 92-yard play, and then it would be the Tim Patrick goal line fade against Kansas City Sunday Night Football. But Broncos fans shared their responses as well. We're going to get to a couple here, and then we're going to continue on as the segment goes on here. But Hype Lenny says, lock to KJ Hamler, game winner versus the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, number two, he says, lock to Tim Patrick versus KC. Yep, he and I are in agreement there. He says, lock to Judy, 90-plus yard touchdown. 
Absolutely. He and I are in agreement on that. But Broncos country coming up here in just a moment. We're going to get to my man Jay Carey, too, on the top three passing plays for the Broncos in 2020. But before we do that, folks, I got to tell you guys about the other sponsor of today's episode of the show. That's our good friends over there, BetOnline.ag. And BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NFL may be over, but the NBA, college basketball, the NHL, they are in full swing. And BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. If your wife watches The Bachelor, she's obviously, she could put Put her money on the line as to who's going to get the rose, who's going to go home with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Just head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at BetOnline. Your online sportsbook experts, when you sign up, be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON for that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. And as we jump into the fourth quarter on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, just a reminder, folks, you guys can get this podcast every single day, all year long. Your favorite podcast provider, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and our good friends over there at Spotify. Also, make sure to like the page on social media, on Facebook, follow on Twitter, at Lockdown Broncos. We'll engage with you there as well, and you can even get it on the text line at 303-529-6323. I got a hold of my man, Long Island Jason. I sent him uh, some Venmo money for a coffee, obviously for his amazing review that he left on Apple Podcasts. So if you love the show, head over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review. I would love you forever. I may even send you money to get yourself some coffee in the near future, folks. Maybe a little bit of an incentive there, but I appreciate all of you who listen every single day and support the show. Now, we heard from Hype Lenny on his three top passing plays of 2020. Now we're going to hear from my man, Jay Carey, too. He came up with one, and he said it was really, really hard altogether to come up with three. He says number one was the Jerry Judy catch over Pierre Desir, thrown by Brett Rippon. I agree with that. I mean, that was one of the ones I was really wrestling with as well. I mean, the fact that he went up over the top and stole it, you know, hands in the cookie jar up top where the kids can't get it. I love that about Jerry being able to go get that. One of Jerry Judy's three touchdowns on the season. He didn't really have a selection for two or three. He says it was very hard to determine there. So uh, we'll, we'll revisit that, obviously, in the future here. Matthew Kring is up next. He says the first play is Drew Locke to KJ Hammer, the one-yard touchdown versus the Los Angeles Chargers, the walk-off. I think in terms of dramatic fashion, absolutely, definitely a top play. Don't know if it was one of the top passes, though, in my opinion. And number two, he says, Drew Locke to Jerry Judy, 92-yard touchdown versus the Raiders. And then he said, Jeff Driscoll to Melvin Gordon versus the Steelers. You know what, Matthew? That's actually a great one. That's an honorable mention one. You know, I think a lot of people have forgotten about when Jeff Driscoll came in. I even think his touchdown throw to Noah Fant was phenomenal. It's probably not going to get much consideration except from you, and I can acknowledge that. I think that that's a great selection as well. That throw that Driscoll had to Melvin Gordon on that wheel route, I thought was perfect. The ball placement was great. And also even the one that Noah Fant, the ball placement, that was great. The next week against Tampa Bay was a completely different story, though, for Jeff Driscoll. I like those selections there, Matthew. My man Patrick Kiyote is actually going to be joining me for tomorrow's episode of the show, Free Agency Friday. His choices is the Noah Fan touchdown against Buffalo. I love that, especially right before the uh, the first half ended there. Great play by Drew Locke to Noah Fant. Great drive there by the Broncos altogether. We saw Drew Locke do a really good job leading the team down the field there. Noah Fant really got into a position to uh, set them up there, and, and his catch was phenomenal. Gave the Broncos some momentum. Unfortunately, it wouldn't matter because they would lose that game there. Uh, his second play was K.J. Hamler's game winner against the Los Angeles Chargers. And then he says the Jerry Judy touchdown against the Las Vegas Raiders. Look, I also think, too, there were some really great throws 
in the season. Now, we're just touchdowns, right? I mean, I think we could say touchdowns here. Uh, but with Charlie Luke's kind of trolling me here now, he says, uh, Kendall Hinton to Noah Fan. I mean, that game was an absolute disaster. It's just one of those games I think a lot of Broncos fans want to forget. And I'm actually getting trolled again because another one of the responses, Mike DeSicco says, the one that the wide receiver completed to Noah Fan is literally the only one I can remember. So that one, three times. Okay. Uh, Lou underscore S13 says, lock to Judy against the Raiders, lock to Patrick, third down pass against New England. Yes, that was a great one because it was third and 18, third or 20, one or the other, and it was down the deep right sideline. I mean, even in that game, Drew Lock had two of those throws to Tim Patrick, uh, the first play of the game to start it off downfield, and then on that one there, he caught it, picked up the first down. I know he got rolled up on a little bit there. That was a phenomenal play. I like that one there, and then Lou also mentions his third one is lock to Fant against uh, the Buffalo Bills. Yes, I agree with you there. Lil Blue Cheese says second Hamler touchdown at Carolina. Yes, that was a good throw too because it was right in the bread basket. That safety did not get over in time. It was beautiful. The second one was the Tim Patrick touchdown at Kansas City and then the Hamler touchdown versus the LA Chargers. And he says that's off the top of my head at least. Mitchell Carroll is up next. He says the game winner at Hamler, Jerry Judy, 92 yards and Noah Fant's long touchdown. I don't think he really had a long touchdown, maybe outside of the Pittsburgh Steelers game. I believe that was his longest one of the year. I think it was 31 yards altogether. It was a great play. Uh, that's one that is going to stand out for me. And then my man Larry Reed says, Locked to Fant versus Tennessee. Showed the ability to create plays. And I know that was one, too. That one, that was a throw that, in my opinion, I was like, as a coach and as an analyst, when I watched him do it, I was like, oh, please don't get in the habit of doing that. And, and that was something that I think concerned me about Drew Locke a little bit to start the season was the fact that he was constantly just, you know, escaping a clean pocket at times and then throwing on the run, rolling out to his right side. The defenses wanted to force him to his right. And that's where they started to kind of figure out Drew at the early part of the season. Uh, and obviously throwing across your body, you know, never a good idea, you know, unless it works. And that's exactly what happened. It worked to Noah Fant. The Broncos had so much momentum there. I felt like they were at, from that point forward, they were going to steamroll Tennessee. But unfortunately, you know, they had a couple of breakdowns and the offense couldn't get going. Uh, furthermore, after Philip Lindsay's injury, his second one was locked to Tim Patrick fade touchdown versus Kansas City. And then the 92 yard touchdown all together there. And I think that Drew got more comfortable with the wide receivers as the year went on, especially in that final game stretches. You know, you can look at all those games, those performances. You factor out some of the drops, you know, the two interceptions in the chart, you know, the Chargers game, the one there, and then the other interception against the Kansas City Chiefs. You eliminate those plays right there. Drew Locke actually finishes the season on a very, very strong note. Uh, so that's something you have to keep into consideration. I know a lot of people don't want to get into that discussion. I'm not going to create that debate here, but yes. And I think all the other responses that we received are pretty much similar. You know, you're going to have the Tim Patrick touchdown versus Kansas City. You're going to have the Jerry Judy 92-yard one. I think the Deshaun Hamilton touchdown against the uh, Los Angeles Chargers deserves a lot more consideration. Honorable mention for Noah Fant's touchdown against the Steelers. Melvin Gordon's touchdown against the Steelers as well. Uh, and even, look, Tim Patrick had a couple of really nice plays too. Uh, you know, the New York Jets game, Brett ripping through some really good balls. Like I mentioned, the touchdown, I think, to him was great. Uh, there was that toe tap down the left sideline that he had as well. I thought it was a great throw by Brett Rippon. So, I mean, you could give these throws to either one of those guys there. I think everyone stepped in and did a pretty good job for the most part. But Broncos country, that will do it for today's episode of Lockdown Broncos. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the show on your favorite podcast provider, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and our good friends over there at Spotify. Tomorrow's episode of the show, Free Agency Friday. We're focusing on the safety position exclusively. The Broncos, they need some depth behind Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson. Obviously, that situation will work itself out, but the Broncos do need to address depth behind those two players. If, in fact, both are back in 2020, we take a look at some potential free agent options Dever could look at 
Once free agency starts on March 17th, the new league year, when it rolls around exactly a month from today. But with that said, I'm Cody Work, host of Lockdown Broncos. We'll catch you tomorrow for a brand new episode of the show. My man Patrick Chiodi is going to join me to discuss the safety position and free agent targets.